payoff. Listening keeps you informed, up to date, out of trouble. It increases your impact when you speak. It gives you a negotiating edge, power, influence. It may even make people love you. After all, who doesn't want to be the center of someone else's world, even if for only a few minutes of conversation? Listening is the gift you give to yourself and to other people. So why do we have problems in this area? Well, it seems as though some people listen for what they want to hear, and others just don't listen to what they don't want to hear. Whatever the specific mindset, they're worried, upset, misguided, or uninformed. People just don't hear what they don't want to hear. So, what can you do to break these bad habits or alter these attitudes? First, attach any labels about what you hear very carefully. People may experience the same situation and use different words to describe it. For example, one listener calls worry, and another listener may call the same feeling concern. What one calls petulant, another calls feisty. What one labels angry, another calls afraid. Shyness can be mistaken for aloofness. Once you've labeled that feeling expressed to you, you tend to direct all else under that umbrella. So be sure the labels don't take you off track. Another principle about listening: overlook trigger words, so that you get the real message. When you hear emotional words, derogatory words, profanity, or politically motivated words, try to get past them to the real message. I'm talking about words like bureaucrat, lazy, windbag, hustler, unfair. Gross negligence, and so forth. If you get hung up on the speaker's word choice about a situation, you may miss the primary message. Hear the person out. Then you can always go back and correct the word choice mentally. Another principle: recognize your own stoppers before you deliver them. When someone starts a serious conversation with you. Your reaction will either encourage them to keep talking, or stop them cold. Here's what I mean by stoppers: ordering, commanding, threatening, moralizing, advising, lecturing, criticizing, blaming, shaming, diagnosing, interrogating. If you doubt these tones of voice and these words will stop a conversation, recall the last three unpleasant conversations you've had. How eager were you to keep listening? Avoid "me too" interceptions. An example: I don't know what I'm going to have to do with my teenager. He's totally irresponsible when it comes to money. A "me too" response would be: Oh, do I ever identify with that? I've mentioned that my oldest is a junior at the university. Out in an apartment on his own. Well, the other day he calls me up and he says, and before you know it, the whole situation has been reversed. The person who introduced the subject and wanted to express frustration is now the listener for the other guy's saga. Yes, empathetic listening means that we share common experiences, but the key is timing. 
The first talker was cut off before being able to tell about his situation and fully express the frustration. Be careful about intercepting that conversational ball. Another thing, assumptions are a bad habit. Instead, listen all the way to the end of a person's comment. Don't assume you know where they're going. Doctors and their patients provide the best illustration of this common weakness. After the doctor has seen three patients during the morning, all complaining with vomiting, upper respiratory problems, and coughing, the fourth patient gets half an ear. The doctor begins to write out the prescription for the flu while the patient finishes the symptoms. I would venture a guess that our healthcare system pays for a great many unnecessary medical procedures and tests exactly for this reason. Sometimes doctors may tune out due to sheer...